It worked. Welcome to Beware of Spoilers. I'm Adam. I'm Peter. And we are doing our mid-year top five today. And if you hear the noise of fans, that is any number of things, but it is very hot everywhere, so that would be what, what that is. Um, it's also a free podcast, so tough it out if that's a problem. Um, yeah, so... Did you see any of the new stuff about Rebel Moon that's been coming out over the last, before we get into the big thing for today, Rebel Moon is Zack Snyder's new movie? No, I, uh, I watched one of the trailers and I did not, I had no interest in it. I'm just so tired of like, first of, first and foremost, I wonder what, what's making people go into this whole thing with, with Zack Snyder and, and this new movie. It's like, the the story of how it got pitched when you hear it it's like why does this make zach look like he's smart because it's like it makes him look like he's got a massive ego on him more than mm-hmm. anything because it's like you hear like okay so disney bought star wars i know what i'll do i have an r-rated star wars movie and i'm gonna walk in there the day after they bought it and be like hey can i do the wait where are you going like who's gonna who's gonna sign up for that like that's not disney's brand like it like it, it's 2024 when they have their first R-rated Marvel movie. Like they're not gonna do a R-rated Star Wars out of the gate a week after they bought it. Like in the Star Wars extended universe, like the books, do they ever get that graphic? Like that would it would be R-rated? Not at, at no point does it get that bad. Like there's zombies at one point. There's you know. There's like implied stuff, but like even like Andor, which is probably the closest to an R-rated thing for Star Wars, it's like that like the sex scene, quote unquote, is like Bix takes off her shirt for a second frumpier shirt underneath, and it's like okay, we know what we're going for here. Like it's it's not like a it's it's not an R-rated universe. Yeah, like, I think Zack Snyder's problem is is in his mind he's like well i'm gonna make an adult star wars exactly he only sees adults as violence and gore yeah not just like mature he's right like dune, dune is mature and like adult oriented but it's not over the explicit violence and nudity and stuff right which i mean that Water. dune trailer looks great <laughs> like i don't know if, if this is a slight spoiler for dune messiah but there, there is a scene of Messiah where Aaliyah works out naked while Paul watches her, and then they talk about incest. I don't think that's gonna make it into the movie, probably. Um, although, yeah, I don't think that makes it into the movie. Like all the stuff at the end, even about them working out the semantics of Paul and and Cheney's relationship, and how that relates to Paul and Irulan's relationship. I'd be surprised if that makes it into the movie, because like it's a little bit too nuanced to have a conversation about. Okay, I'm still gonna be with this woman but we're going to be married for all intents and purposes but you're basically just a figurehead to to maintain the illusion of running the galaxy like like that whole thing i don't think translates well to a movie especially in the third act of the movie when that's yeah, to explain it ends with jessica talking to chani mm-hmm. and saying like like he'll be like the empress but you'll be his wife right like, and- i don't think that'll translate yeah, especially because it's like very abrupt. abrupt. That's yeah, like, the ending. Yeah, um, it just kind of ends nowhere. Yeah, it, it is one of and and the thing is too, it's kind of like the difference and and why I think that the Fantastic Beast movies didn't really translate over as well is you can end a book with a big expositiony thing, 
Yeah. You can't end a movie with that. Like, yeah. I'm re-listening to Dune now. I haven't gotten to the end yet, but I recall from the first time I listened to it, it ends with this big explanation about what's going to happen if they don't concede. And they're like, all right, we'll give it up. You win. Like, yeah, it's not like a big description of a battle or something. It's just kind of a thing. Or like at the end of Harry Potter in the book, it's it's this big thing where it's like, here's why Voldemort can't use the wand. And then the wand just kind of like, yeah, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's it, you can't do that in a movie and have it be good. Like, it yeah. just feels weird. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because even if they have a like a rule on narrating, like in the chapters or something, yeah, it would still be dumb if it's just her voiceover like explaining everything that happened. Which would be funny because they didn't do it in the first part. So if they added it in the second part, that would be like I don't think they're going to do something like that. I think they have to have some narration because there is a time jump, and I think you just have to be like, and here's kind of what happened in that time they're period. Also, yeah, they're also starting it before the time jump. Right. So they they still have to do a little bit and then they have the time jump. Yeah, and so I, they got to and and then and then stuff happened. Yeah. They should do a time maybe longer or like say Aaliyah ages rapidly mm-hmm. along her time so then she's like a 6-year-old maybe. Yeah, they can't do an infant talking cuz there's no way to make that look good. No, yeah, it was look, like What was the movie with the fucked up baby recently? Was it was it Titan or something like that? There was a there was a fucked up CGI baby. Not the Flash, which also had fucked up CGI babies, but you know there, there was there was one that had a baby that was like talking or dancing or some shit. Like it was, I think it was like last year or two years ago. I I, I vividly remember this, and it wasn't because people were comparing it to the baby from Twilight that looked weird. Like, or the one from uh, uh, what's the Bradley Cooper Army movie? Uh, American Sniper. Yes, there's a fake doll baby in that too. Ah, and he moves his arm with his hand to make it look like alive. There is a there's a joke in the spinoff of Friends, Joey, with a baby that's like animatronic because like they're trying to prove that they're a couple so they can buy a house. It's like him and his sister have to pose as a couple to buy a house, and Mm -hmm. to pretend they have a kid, they borrow a baby from the set of ER, but they don't tell them the baby is designed for an episode where a baby has a seizure. So, like, in the middle of the meeting, this baby starts having a seizure. Like, I didn't know Joey was so funny. Yeah, that show was, that show had, like, that was good, and I, that's the only thing I could tell you happened on that show, and it ran for, like, a season and a half. Yeah, like, I, never, I didn't really like Friends, though. Sorry, I no, like... I didn't like Friends either. Um, what? So, let's check in on the movie draft, which right now is a little bit uneven, is the problem. Um, because... Right now, because you have four movies that you haven't haven't come out yet. Yeah. Because you have Dune Part Two, you have Oppenheimer, you have um, A Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, and you have the Marvels. Yeah. Um, three of those movies come out over a three week period. Yeah, so I'm banking on that three week period. Of right. Three Are people going to the theaters a lot? Well, Oppenheimer can pull forty million. I think. I think Oppenheimer will pull forty to fifty. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, I'm, I already have three down, and I'll be done by the time you, uh, you get into your three. Because I still have, I only have Mission Impossible and Blue Beetle left, and I think Blue Beetle's gonna bomb. Yeah, Mission Impossible would do well. Mission Impossible, and and the thing is too, I think Indiana, I think you lucked out that I had Indiana Jones. Yeah. Because <laughs> Indiana Jones did not perform anywhere near where it was expected to. I also and, I can't see it because I can't give it money to help you. 
Yeah, well, I I saw it and I was and I was like and 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 I gave it a bad review. So anyone who read the review was like, oh, I probably shouldn't see that then. Like, it it, it is rare because the way I, I do the reviews is I do a five star system where five is seat in theaters opening weekend, five is seat in a the, uh, four is seat in a theater, but like do it in a matinee or like one of those like five dollar Tuesdays. Uh, three is wait for streaming. Um, but if you don't have Disney Plus or Paramount Plus, you can get it. It would be worth getting a month to see that. Two is wait for streaming unless only if you already have the service, and one is don't bother at all. This was a rare blockbuster that got don't see it in a theater because it's such a waste of time. It's two and a half hours for no fucking reason. Like, where is was Spielberg and Lucas involved at all? Besides, no, no, it's just Mangold who did this, and I think. And I think the problem was it has it's designed for the age cohort that hasn't started going back to theaters yet, mm-hmm. because the age cohort that you know, like the first half hour of the movie is a CGI DH Harrison Ford running around the waning days of Nazi Germany trying to save the the Lance of Longinus, and it's like we don't need any of this. It has no impact on the plot going forward. Um, but it's just to be like, oh, look, here's Harrison Ford, the way you remember him. Um, but the age group that cares about that isn't going back to theaters yet, mm-hmm. except for Top Gun Maverick. Like, and, and I think that's why this movie, and, and the movie's $300 million. Why did you do $300 million for an Indiana Jones movie? That's I'm outrageous. Sure $80 million to $100 million of that is Harrison Ford's salary. I mean, I, I think uh, even if he takes... 500 uh, or even if it takes 50 million or, or he, i don't think he's getting paid robert downey jr money that's yeah that's true because robert downey jr was pulling 60 for infinity war like i don't think he's getting that i think he's getting if he's getting anything he's getting 10 10 to 15 but i think a good amount of that money is going to de-aging him and making him look like he's not 80 years old yeah like and so that's the cold open is like he's yes and it's like at the very end to kind of tie it back. It's like the dial is the dial of Archimedes or some shit like that. That like they handle the time travel pretty well, surprisingly, because it's not the dial travels through time, which is what I thought it was going to be. Uh-huh. It's there are temporal anomalies on Earth, and the dial will find the dial will point you to where they are. Okay. So it's like a, it's like a meteorology thing where it's a meteorology tool where it'll tell you where it is. So it's like okay, that I can buy a little bit more than Archimedes built a time machine 200 years before Jesus and no one has figured it out since. Yeah, I, I think an issue with, I, I haven't seen this one yet, but definitely with Crystal Skull compared to the old ones, mm-hmm. is that they, they focus way too much on like the magic elements. Yeah. Instead of it being a surprise at the end, like, wait, it is like real. Right. Like the Ark of the Covenant, like it's, it's you don't spend most of the movie looking at the the magic that the Ark of the Covenant can do. Right. It's not like, oh, and this is why we need to get... And that's the thing, too, is that they don't explain that time travel's the issue until, like, they're getting into the third act and they've fixed the dial. And they get into it and it's like, oh, and now he can travel back in time to Nazi Germany, kill Hitler, and take over as the new Fuhrer. And it's like, this took a weird turn all of a sudden. That would have been great to know anything up until this point. Um, but uh, what's her name's not bad. Uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge. She's pretty funny. Niece or She's like goddaughter. Yeah, 
Like, a lot of people thought she was annoying. I thought it was kind of, like, she's basically playing, like, a Han Solo type who's, like, whoever she's, allege uh, like, allied with in the moment is whatever's going to keep her from getting shot in the moment. Mm-hmm. So she keeps turning on, on Indiana Jones. It's, it's pretty funny. But, like, people got mad at that, you know. I don't think it needs to be explained too much well, further. I'd, I'd rather that than give him, like, a 30-year-old love interest. Yeah. I, I don't think we needed that again. And it's like, I I don't think that we needed this movie at all. Um, like, I don't think anyone was like, oh, what happened after Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Where does it go from there? Um, and I think that the other thing that really hurt this movie is, I think the movie would have done just as well if the if the cold open was Alden Ehrenreich mm-hmm. playing young Harrison Ford again. Yeah. It would have... It would have. It wouldn't have. You wouldn't have lost a single ticket sold, um, and it would have brought the budget down by a substantial margin. And the the aging CGI is always. It's never like, oh, this is perfect. Well, and it works if you do it in small doses, like Marvel did it with Michael Douglas. Yeah, and I just... think that's the strongest it's ever looked. Was Michael Douglas and then Michelle Pfeiffer when they did it in Ant Man and the Wasp? But besides that, it never really looks good. Yeah, like Robert De Niro in The Irishman. Right. Like all weird and he's like a hunched over old man body and he has this weird cartoonish. Yeah, um, he still moves like an old. And the same goes for Luke Skywalker in The Mandalorian, where he just it it looks like him, but it's not him. It's like it's visibly CGI, and it's the same thing in this too. It doesn't look good, except for the one or two shots that are in the trailer. Um, but yeah, Indiana Jones is a, a waste of time to go see if you haven't seen it yet. Um. Mario overperformed. I think that was the big shock of this list so far, was mm-hmm. how much Mario overperformed and how much Spider Verse has done so far. Um, but Evil Dead Rise was not a bad choice for you as an alternate in the event that something gets del- delayed out of the year. But I don't think that's likely at this point. Yeah, I, now I kind of wish I did pick that completely. Maybe I don't know how the Marvels will do. Maybe over the Marvels. I think the Mar well Captain Marvel did two billion. Or oh. a billion. Um, so that that could be good. And I don't see the movie going below 70 on Metacritic. Hopefully um, not. I think Oppenheimer may not have the box office, but you, I think you're going to pull good Metacritic points from Oppenheimer. Yeah, that's just... Like seems- Dunkirk pulled 94. I guarantee for Nolan that all the critics are like, oh yeah, this is a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna that that and Dune are gonna give you even if the box office is lackluster, you're gonna get a lot of points on the on the score on the critic score. Um, yeah, Blue Beetle, I think I, I I think that the bit I think that there's a chance that Blue Beetle you know comes out and bombs completely, but I think Aquaman just doesn't come out if Blue Beetle does poorly. And then they they just get start getting rid of their release slate because that that Aquaman's like the last of the old. Yeah, Aquaman's the last of the old release slate. Um, and then when they the next movie after that, that they have, well, technically Joker two next year is a DC movie. Um, but then after that, it's Superman Legacy is the next movie in in twenty twenty five. In May, it comes out right after Fantastic Four. Um, so that's that's in I think June of twenty twenty five or May of twenty twenty five. It's Superman Legacy, and then and then the Batman Part two. Um, yeah. which the Batman part two and Joker are not at risk because that's not DC studios. I think anything DC studios could be at risk of being canceled. Um, 
I think Swamp Thing might because of the return on um what's it called? The return on Indiana Jones. Um but yeah, so as for our mid year top fives, um I didn't tell you my own thing and you didn't tell me yours. No. So before we get into it, do you have an honorable mention? Like an honorable mention, something that didn't make your list but was close. I don't think so because for for new movies in theaters, I don't know if I've actually I've seen five movies. In well, you can do streaming too if you have if you have a streaming title you want to shout out. Uh, I don't know. I have to see if I have to remember anything outside of my. Because I wanted to shout out because it didn't come out officially yet. I just wanted to shout out. Sometimes I think about dying. Mm-hmm. Um, which I saw it was uh it was they did a screening of it through Sundance um through their online thing and it's uh it's a new movie uh from Daisy Ridley who played Ray in Star Wars. Uh she plays a very severely socially awkward like office worker who doesn't you know get along with anyone. Not doesn't get along but she doesn't have any friends and she just kind of like passively goes through life and then um as she's sitting in her office, she actively fantasizes about her own death, like not in a suicidal way, but like kind of like, oh, that could kill me. Like, um, and eventually she meets a guy who helps her get out of her shell a little bit. It was really nice, that movie, um, surprisingly. Uh, and I think that it turns out J.J. Abrams does have something in common with George Lucas, where they can take a talented actress and pull a completely dog shit performance out of them. Um, because <laughs> yeah, fucking... that her main like introduction to the world was the star wars movies yeah because she didn't get much to do that like she wasn't great in those movies but some of the other stuff i've seen her in since is making me realize that it's not so much her as much as it is i don't think jj directed her well in that movie no um, i think they just try to force too many things into the movie too yeah uh but she she's not she's, she's pretty good in that um so do you want to start with your number five yeah, I can do my number five. Okay. So I think my number five, I actually ended up, uh, I've heard if I said if I saw this or not, but I think my number five will be uh, The Pope's Exorcist with uh, Gerard Butler. That one I did not see. Um, not for any reason besides I don't do horror in theaters. Um, and I didn't really, uh, seeing Gerard Butler in a, uh, in a in that role didn't exactly grab me. That's the reason I saw it is because <laughs> so funny. This is just him screaming at like demons and stuff. Alright. Uh it's like the most powerful demon trying to kill the Pope's exorcist. So it's like personal to which is dumb because <laughs> the, the original exorcist movie, like why it's kind of scary is it's like almost random. Like who it takes over and then Yeah. It could be anyone. Like an unstoppable force. And and most of the original Exorcist movie is about how uh, it's not a, not a possession. And they're trying to prove that it's not a possession. Mm-hmm. And then they have to finally accept it is. This is the opposite, where it like opens with people flying all over the place and screaming and like flies and insects coming out of people. And, now, uh, I so, read it was based on a true story, so it, it appears that that may not be the case. <laughs> oh, no, th- there's... I'm sure they, there is this one exorcist is like the head exorcist in uh, of the Vatican that I'm assuming it's based off of. Right. And you watch his videos. It's it's really weird. So it's in Italy. Italy is the most exorcisms like per capita in the world. 
Mm-hmm. And like Italians are super superstitious and they'll they'll just get exorcisms for anything. Hmm. So they're just constantly requesting exorcisms. And this one guy is like, we have to keep giving more exorcisms. Like the world is failing because we don't give enough exorcisms. And he'll give people like 10 exorcisms for like depression and stuff like that. Hmm. Uh, so I've not tried that yet. Maybe that'll work. <laughs> so it's it's an issue because people do it. It's a treating mental illness. <laughs> uh, so the church has actually started to go against exorcisms too. Because it makes sense. It's like you would think if there was an actual demonic possession anywhere on the planet, it'd be like front page news. It wouldn't be like, oh, I heard from this person and heard from this person. It'd be like satan is real would be the the front of the new york times i feel like if it was if there was an actual demonic possession somewhere yeah, in the you world had, you had a video of someone floating and flying around the room yeah time. exactly it wouldn't it, you couldn't cover that up yeah the guy that directed the exorcist made a documentary about exorcisms with this guy the the pope's exorcist mm-hmm. and it's horrible because it's supposed to be him filming a real exorcism and it's like oh you hear these crazy things and it's very clearly edited, and they add in effects to make hmm. it sound easy. And it's like one of the most, it's one of the worst documentaries I think ever made. But this movie, uh, I liked it because it was just a crazy over-the-top horror movie. Yeah. But you want someone like Gerard Butler in there to, uh, or not Gerard Butler. Who is who is? Um, he was in uh, Gladiator. Russell, yeah, that was it. Because then he he does it's, he is a good actor, so it, it does add a little bit to it because he's just so intense about it, and then he's doing like an accent the whole movie too. Yeah, I, I I'm I've 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 I liked him doing the accent. It, um, he's done an accent before. Uh, what was it? Thor: Love and Thunder. He does this ridiculous over the top Greek accent for his entire scene that he's in the movie because he's playing Zeus. So he's doing a very thick borderline racist greek accent for his entire scene like he's one of those people that like if you could let him go and he goes like you're gonna get you're gonna get some magic out of it like but i i don't i don't don't, like that weekend that that movie came out was it a friday the 13th because there were like four horror movies that came out that weekend it might have been i didn't see the opening weekend i I saw it later because didn't it open against uh evil dead I don't think so. I thought it came out before Evil Dead. Or Evil Dead might have been the week after, but there was also that movie Nefarious that came out the same week, which is about like the serial killer that's in jail, and his he's gonna get the death penalty, but he the therapist comes in to talk to him, and he tells the therapist by the end of the day you're gonna kill three people here, and I'm gonna get out. Mm-hmm. And it's like apparently he somehow convinced the therapist to kill three people and help him escape, and I'm like. I don't care enough to go and see this movie, but I kind of want to know what happened to get from point A to point B on this. Like, it's going to be like, oh, they're, him and the therapist are actually the same person or something. Yeah, and it's like, they don't pronounce it nefarious. It's spelled nefarious, but it's like ne- ne- nefarious or something like that, where it's like they try to turn it into a name, and I'm like, don't do that. Just say it's nefarious. I'm reading it spelled out. Like It's, it's just silly. Yeah, well, that's a, this this movie was just like a fun, silly horror movie. Mm-hmm. I think it was rated PG thirteen. No, I think it was R. I think that one was an R. It was, um, I feel like it wasn't that it compared to Evil Dead Rise. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that intense. Yeah, Evil Dead Rise was a trailer that I saw, and I was like, "There is no way I'm watching this in a theater." Yeah, um, I was like, "That that's a hard pass on me." Um, I'm going to watch it now that it's on Max probably at some point in the near future, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. 
Um, yeah, I'm going to watch it again because uh, uh, the Evil Dead Rise. Uh, yeah. So much. Um, my number five is You Hurt My Feelings, which was another movie that came out of Sundance. Sundance. This one had Julia Louis-Dreyfus in it. Uh, she plays a writer who um, overhears her husband talking about how shitty her book is and the unraveling that happens as a result. It's kind of like a half drama, half comedy. And there's a lot of really great comedic moments. Um, and uh, I think she's a really great act. I think that like the reason why we, we people talk about the Seinfeld curse and why she never fell into it is because she's the only one of the four of them who's like actually an actress and can actually do good work. Yeah. Like she, she's she's really good in the movie, and um, like who, the guy who's in Succession um is in it too. He plays like a failing actor, so it's really like this look at like midlife crises and like imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. um, with a lot of really great comedic moments too that are built in all throughout it. Um, yeah, it, it, it's worth a watch if anyone hasn't watched it yet. It's 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 a solid movie. Um. I would have saw it, you know, through Sundance, but that one was not available for an online screener, uh, the way that uh, you hurt my feelings was. But it's it's very it was very good. There are a few movies from Sundance that I'm still waiting to see, um, and that was one of the ones that was on my radar out of it. Um, but uh, yeah, that one, that was a solid one. Um, what was your number four? So my number four is one I, I saw this year and I thought it came out this year, but I just looked it up and it came out last year. Ah, which one was it? All Quiet on the Western Front. Yes, that did come out. They got nominated for, uh, for it won Best uh, International Feature. Yeah, it was very good. I, yeah. It, my only complaint, I, I read the book in high school and maybe I just completely forgot a part, but I don't remember the... Uh, did you see it? Yes, I did see it. The end when the German, like, uh, field general guy sent them all back out to fight mm-hmm. even though the, the armistice is coming i don't think that was in the i think the book ends if i remember correctly where it is a, a day where there's no action except the protagonist gets shot and killed yes i remember that because he's writing like all quiet he writes all quiet on the western front right and then he gets killed by a sniper and then it just stops mid like mid-sentence or something right he got shot by a sniper or something and that's how the book ends yeah um it was interesting that it got nominated for Best Picture the same year Top Gun Maverick did because they are diametrically opposed in their messaging regarding war. Yep, yeah. One's the reality of war. The other one's propaganda to get people into war. Yeah, it, it, like the original Top Gun, they had the, the Navy had tables in movie theaters to sign people up as they were leaving the movie. Like they didn't have it this time. But yeah, we got a little bit of trouble for it this time. Yeah, I feel like that would not be well received. I think that the the military sentiment in 2022 was not quite what it was in in uh, 1989. Yeah, and that's even uh, why in the, I didn't see the new Top Gun yet. But they uh, they can't they don't say who the bad guy is, right? It's just like, no, it's, it's still just the enemy. Although yeah. it's definitely North Korea. Yeah, but I, I don't think North Korea has enough jets to go against American fighters. Right. Right, that's the thing, is that it's like, and there's no real dogfighting either. It's they have to like go, they have to do a trench run, then go up a mountain, then down the mountain, and, and shoot something into a hole, then come out. That's basically Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's basically Star Wars, yes. Um, the movie's really good though. Um, but yeah, All Quiet on the West, I did really enjoy All Quiet on the West in front too. Um, the, I think that they handled the, the propaganda aspect of it very well too, which is something that I thought they would like not handle in the movie. 
Yeah, I was wondering because so much of the book is when they're in school, and I was like, yeah. I they're going to get through this. And they did it really well, where yeah. them getting recruited. Uh, it, it's you'll... a really important aspect of it, too, because it's like it, it's not just how terrible the war is, but how terrible everything leading into the war is, too. Yeah, and it's not that the people that are fighting, they didn't join the war because they hate the other side. It's they don't even really think about killing the other people. Right, it's just blind nationalism, and it it, it works like it works so well in in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, my number four is a little bit awkward to talk about, uh, considering what's happened in the last week. But it is Creed three, mm-hmm. um, because the best part of the movie is Jonathan Majors, and that's an awkward conversation piece. Um, yeah, it's just I think that they handled the the return of someone from from Adonis's past and having him be the bad guy so well. Um, I think it's the best of the Creed movies. I enjoyed it more than Creed 1. Um, and the fight at the end between him and um, and Damien when they have this giant fight outside in, in Dodger Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the issue, like, they shoot it where they, they kind of montage through all of the uh all the rounds but by the time you get to the the way they do it is it's just one continuous thing all in one take um but the background keeps changing to like reflect who's punching who and like what they're seeing as they do it because it's these two guys who grew up together and were friends and damien was going to be the big you know boxer then damien took the fall for something that donnie did yeah he went he ends up in jail and he ends up losing everything and then when he comes out, he sees that Donnie has everything that he would have wanted. It's his perfect life. So he tries to dismantle it. Um, and I think the thing is, too, it's like you don't feel Rocky's absence, which is what I thought was going to be a problem going into it. But uh, Stallone's not in it. You don't feel his absence as part of it because it's it's his story. Do they mention uh, him at all? They do because the, the way that they get Damien to the point where he's a threat is – um, they're gonna do a. There's a fight they're setting up for the first half of the movie, and it's the guy that um, Donnie is training mm-hmm. versus Drago's son, oh. and that's gonna be the big fight. Then Damien has one of his friends from jail break Drago's hands in a fight uh-huh. beforehand, so they have to do a different fight. So uh, Donnie's like, "Oh, here's what we'll do. We'll do like my father did, where it's like they did this big fight." where they pulled a guy out of nowhere. So we'll do this redemption story with, with Damien and Damien fights dirty. Uh, the one thing I would have liked was because Damien fights dirty and they need someone to train Adonis, it would have been good if they had Mr. T come back. Yeah. Cause that was his whole thing was he, he fought dirty. Um, that would have been the only thing that made the movie better. It's awkward because it's hard to praise Jonathan majors, which is why it makes quantum mania. so hard to look at now too, because he's the best part of that movie as well. Um, and he was definitely in Oscar consideration going into the year for his upcoming movie, Magazine Dreams, but, uh, that, that's not going to happen now. Um, because it's not just the whole thing that's currently happening, but that Rolling Stone piece did not do wonders for his case either. Um, it's unfortunate. Uh, the movie's still great though. Yeah, I still think I've seen the first two creeds. Um, and then I definitely need to see the third one. Something I think Creed does better than the Rocky movies is that I think Creed, like what, the character Creed, um, mm-hmm. stays 
like himself more throughout at least throughout the first two movies. But yeah. I feel like Rocky and Adrian change so much from movie to movie. And and the thing I like too is I like that Tessa Thompson isn't the same role as Adrian. Yeah. Where Tessa Tom- where Adrian's always like, no, 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 don't fight, don't fight, don't fight. It's like in this movie at one point they're getting ready to go into the fight and, and he's talking to her and you're expecting to be a fight, like you don't have to do this. But she's like, nah, go fuck him up. Go do it. Like it it it's it's what you want in this. Mm-hmm. Um so what's your number three? My number three, I think, is uh the new Dungeons and Dragons. That was really good too. That was just outside of, of my my top five. It might be just outside my top ten too, actually. I really enjoyed it. I thought I wouldn't like it. Because actually mm-hmm. I misinterpreted the trailer. I thought it was like a scary movie or like not another teen movie. Yeah. A bunch of spooks or skits. And I was like, I have no interest in seeing this. Uh, but then when I when you told me it was like actually just a, a fantasy plot, I was like, oh okay. And I loved it. It was like, yeah, it was just a nice basic fantasy plot. Just uh very straightforward, but it was genuinely hilarious and like the characters were interesting. And the thing I really liked too was at the end when you have that fight against the bad guy, it's all four of them fighting the bad guy, and it's not like here's an army of faceless undead that they're all gonna fight while one person fights the bad guy. Because that was my concern going into it is that how are they gonna do that? Because it's four on one or five on one, but they handled it really well. Yeah, because they set up that zombie mist thing. Yeah, that's like oh, they're just gonna fight. Where it's like they're a sky beam away from being like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or like the second Avengers movie or something like we don't need more of that um but no they handled it some of the best choreographed group fight that there is and and chris pine is just great like uh, i'll watch bradley cooper was very funny yeah that that caught me i saw that in a preview screening and no one knew it was coming it caught everyone off guard yeah that Um, that was great uh the whole opening that was one of the best openings i've seen the just for exposition where they're doing their uh appeal or like yeah and he keeps asking is, is he gonna be here soon is he gonna be here? like should we go back no no just keep going like that that and then them interrogating the dead people with the five questions and then they ask oh, the question and they're asking nonsense there actually there was a post-credit scene where yeah with one of the guys the <laughs> sitting guy, there they forgot to ask him a question it, it, it's a shame that the movie and again this is like what we were talking about earlier with indiana jones this movie costs 200 million dollars to make like and it didn't make back the budget. It's, they're not making another one, which is a shame because it they gotta stop making these movies so expensive. Yeah. Like, is it because for that one? Is it was it the CGI? It had to be the CGI because unless unless Michelle Rodriguez came in and was like, I I demand a huge payday for this, which I don't think she has the uh, the ability to do. Um, yeah, it's it it had to have been that. Um. But yeah, that again, two hundred million for that. Why is that two hundred million? Dune Part Two was one hundred and ten. Yeah, well, practical effects. Yeah, there's a lot of CGI there too, like, and yeah, yeah. they CGI the atomic explosions. They're not Christopher Nolan who made a uh, who made uh, nuclear explosions with practical effects for Oppenheimer. Um, yeah, that's pretty much the only reason I want to see Oppenheimer. Is I want to see how he recreated a nuke. <laughs> Like, and, and, and the thing is, it doesn't need to be three hours long. It doesn't need to be. Uh, why did he shoot the entire movie in IMAX? It's a biopic. Like, it. it so many baffling. One of the trailers was like black and white, and I thought the whole movie was gonna be black. And white. Yeah, 
it's like it's half in black and white, half in color. It's like whenever he's in a certain place, uh, or when it's in the present, quote unquote, and it's not the flashback, it's in black and white. Oh. And Robert I, Downey Jr.'s in it too. I don't think we need this. I don't think this movie needs time jumps or like weird time stuff. Well, I think it's more like they do. They do this sometimes with these biopics where it's like he's he's like I think he's in front of like the Senate or something, or he's he's talking to like um, Eisenhower or something like that, and then it's going back through how the atomic bomb came to be. But I don't think you need that framing device. Yeah, but, that's just like the Steve Jobs one where he's like giving the keynote addresses. Yeah, flashes back. It's it's such a cliche at this point to do that. I know, especially for Christopher Nolan too, where he's. I guess markets himself as it's like creative director. Right. Um so my number three is John Wick chapter four. Mm-hmm. Um it's three hours long. There are multiple fight sequences that go about on for about forty five minutes straight. Um you do not feel the length at any point. Um and I hope they don't make a John Wick five because I don't need them to wreck on the ending unless they're just going to recreate a doom uh, doom movie and they're going to have him fighting demons in hell. I don't need another John Wick movie after this unless they're doing a spinoff. I would like the fighting demons in hell. I, I would watch that. But if they're going to do something where he didn't really die, I don't need that. Um, but it's just, he's so good in the movie. It's, you know, it, it's, it's, if you like John Wick, here's three hours of John Wick um doing all the insane action with the insane set pieces and it's like it, it's like Chekhov's glass case room where it's like they go through this room at one point when they're in the the Osaka Continental and they have this big room with random weapons and glass cases and I'm like he's gonna get thrown through about five of these at some point in this movie um and you know what they do it um it's you know there's a great sequence on the stairs leading up to Notre Dame um where he's got to climb up these stairs and and fight his way up the stairs to get up there and then he gets up to the top and then he gets kicked down in this comically long sequence of him rolling down the staircase all the way back down to the bottom um there's a a fight between him and this giant german guy that i'm like if they do daredevil right on disney plus this is how i want daredevil to fight kingpin um because this guy's just massive and he's gotta beat the crap out of him at one point um it's just it's and and uh, Donnie Yen is just great because um, mm-hmm. he's blind. He's playing a blind guy in the movie, and he the way he fights is so great because he he uses the the walking stick as a weapon, but also to see what's around him. And at mm-hmm. one point, he's got these like alarms, these motion sensor alarms that he's placing everywhere to see where people are to shoot. It's it's really interesting the way he fights, and that's one of the things they do really well with the fight choreography in these movies is every character feels slightly different based on who they are. Like, did you see three yet? The third one? I never saw three. I I liked the first two. I just didn't feel like seeing it. The third one has the guy from Iron Chef as the bad guy. The host? Yeah, the host of Iron Chef's the bad guy, who was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's the bad guy, and he's like an insane fanboy of John Wick. Um, So, like, when he fights, he moves like he's a crazy person. Like and and his his fighting style reflects that it's really good. Um, but yeah, this is you know the opening is a little awkward because the movie came out right after Lance Reddick died, so it's really awkward because he gets shot in the chest within the first like ten minutes of the movie. 
uh, and that's just it. Like, and it's like, oh, that's unfortunate. Well, at least but, they didn't bring him back as CGI. Well, no, he died. He died after production, but uh-huh. like two weeks before the premiere. Oh yeah, so they can't change. Right, so it's like, well, this is just gonna be weird then. Um, but yeah, the movie's really good. Um, I I really enjoyed it, and it's it's like it's three hours long. And there are a lot of three-hour-long movies now, and it's one that I wouldn't. There's like, I would be comfortable sitting down and watching this all the way through again, um, in a way that I wouldn't sit down and watch Endgame again, or I wouldn't watch um, Elvis again. Yeah. Um, I saw Elvis once, and that's more than enough. <laughs> um, what was your number two? My number two was Infinity Pool. I didn't see that. I wanted to, but I was busy. It was very good. So it's. Did you see Possessor, uh, his other movie? I did not. No, I know it was Cronenberg's son, though. Yeah, yeah. Both of them. Yeah, both of them are Cronenberg's son. Oh, okay. Yeah, this one's also him. I, I forget what his name is, but Brian Cronenberg. Yeah, maybe Brian. Are you thinking of Brian Herbert for Dune? No, I think I am thinking. I think it. Uh, that is possible. That is also possible. Maybe Christopher. Uh, no, but I think he's more talented than both of them. Um. <laughs> so this one it's i think it's less of a horror movie than possessor is mm-hmm. it's uh so if you don't if you don't like horror movies uh you could you could probably see this i don't think it would really scare you there's not really jump scares there's gonna be gross out right there's some weird gore and it, it's not even that gross the gore stuff mm-hmm. uh it's more like it's very ambiguous in times which i i really liked because it's basically um, this made-up country where uh, this author and his wife go to to a resort for him to think up new writing ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's a very dangerous country where you can't leave the resort or else you might get killed. Just like It's just crime, crime ridden. Ah. Uh, so then they do leave. We don't resort. have those in real life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they made it a fake, a fake country. Wait, because uh, they didn't want to get like, oh, what are you saying about Jamaica? <laughs> yeah, even though that does happen, like rich people going to not nice countries stay yeah. so then they do leave the resort and hijinks ensue mm-hmm. uh, where they accidentally end up killing a local and then but this country has a service where they have an eye for an eye law where uh if you kill someone someone in their family gets to kill you okay uh, that's fair but the country has a loophole where if you're rich enough you can pay and the country has a very specific type of cloning technology where they'll clone you and then they kill the clone. Hmm. Okay. And there's all this ambiguous, like the ambiguous part comes in where they kind of hint at, and I think this is true, um, where you're not sure if are are they killing the clone or are you the clone that's living? Ah, uh, okay. That's interesting. So are, you, are they actually killing the original? Hmm. That's that's an interesting approach to it because I was like, I was like, when you were trying, like, let me guess. The, they don't kill the clone and now he's got to kill the clone because the clone wants to be the real person like yeah, yeah, yeah. we've seen that movie 700 times in the last I five mean, years there's, so there's another part where they the people start getting almost like uh addicted to like the crime and the murdering because mm-hmm. they all have enough money where they can just keep doing it over and over again that's smart that like for a concept that's a smart concept that's more than i would have i mean coming off of what his dad did last year. I really didn't like Crimes of the Future. Um, I, 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 like it. I like Crimes of the Future, and I, I like this better than Crimes of the Future. There are 
There are a few full, full frontal nudity scenes, hmm. but no children. Okay, well that's that's an improvement. Um, yeah, because and good for Mia Goth. That's the one thing I noticed about that. She's been really making her name in the horror community lately because she wasn't she in X and uh, and Pearl. She's good in this movie because she's she doesn't play like a crazy out of control killer person. Mm-hmm. She's a much more sinister and conniving. And she looks like a crazy person too with those bleached out eyebrows. Like yeah, she definitely has the bleached out eyebrows in this. Like yeah, that like. Uh, She's doing really good with that now. I think that she's probably the closest thing we have currently to like what we would call a scream queen, I guess. Yeah, those, those I haven't seen the the other one. The... Pearl was the second one. Pearl, yeah, I, I, but I liked X. Um, that was They're cool. making Maxine too. Ty West, he's making a third one. I don't know if they need to do that. Uh, I think it was always planned as three. I think he planned it out initially. It's not like he was like. It's not like they came to him like, "Here's more money, make another movie." Um, I think it was planned as three. Um, There's a whole extra part to Infinity Pool that I haven't talked about, but it that has to do with like drugs and psychedelics and stuff. Like it's hmm. very, very strange, but very good. Yeah, I had the feeling when I saw the trailer, I was like, "This looks weird." Like I like it wasn't something that I didn't see on principle because I didn't want to. Because like, I, it's not horror that I have a problem with. It's just I don't want to you know go see horror in a movie theater. Um, because historically I'm a giant pussy, but like I don't, you know, I I this wasn't one that like struck like I could do gore movies. Like I saw Scream in a theater, and I saw uh, M. Thregan in a theater, but uh, like yeah, that that one I just didn't see because I had a lot going on at the end of January when it came out. Um, yeah, it's, it's much more atmospheric and like yeah, I can deal with atmospheric horror. Yeah, and there's a, I don't think there's a single jump scare really the entire time. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna eventually watch. It. I think it's it, I think it's on Hulu now. Um, uh, I think I rented it on Amazon or something. Oh, uh, okay. I didn't even see it in theaters. It, it was in and out so fast, I missed it. Yeah, I have the theater I go to has 17 screens, so things tend to stay there longer. Um, but more recently, they've been doing a lot of Indian movies. Ah, uh, that's interesting. They've been doing a lot of Bollywood movies coming in, and I'm like, oh, that's cool, but I'm not gonna go see that. <laughs> like. Because it's like, you see there's like four hours. I'm like, oh, God, no, I'm not doing that. I know they were so long. I, did, yeah. I knew they were that long. But... Like, RRR was like three hours and change, and I'm like, okay, I, I, I get what you're doing here. I I can watch it on Netflix when it comes home. Mm-hmm. Um, my number two may surprise you. Uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is my number two. I um, assumed it was going to be on your top five, but I, I am surprised it's that high up. I... Oh, I thought that you would have thought I had it at number one because it was at number one until two days ago. Um, yeah. And I really enjoyed that. Like anyone who says that superhero fatigue has set in, I think that we have to talk about it as shitty superhero movie fatigue has set in where people are more discerning now. Because like Black Adam wasn't good in it bomb. The Flash wasn't good in it bombed. Shazam wasn't good in it bombed. Um, like Quantumania was okay and it did okay. It didn't do stellar. Um, but Guardians was really good, and Guardians made almost a billion. This movie is an animated movie for a hundred million dollars. It's already pulled six hundred million back. Um, it is, it's really good. I would say it's not quite as good as the first one because there's no like in the first one. There's that scene where Miles jumps off the building, like which is like the scene of the movie where if anyone's seen the movie, they know that one scene where he finally suits up for the first time. They don't have a moment like that. Um, but there are a ton of cute little Easter eggs in the movie, and and I think Miles' arc in this is really good. 
Um, and because they get to go to alternate universes, they get to play around with art styles a lot, which I'm really into with animation when they use the medium to the most of, of their abilities. Um, because it's like when they go to Gwen's universe, it's all watercolor. Uh, like it, it's like a 2D thing, but it's all watercolor kind of styled. Like the vulture they fight comes from a universe that's designed to look like the sketches in Leonardo da Vinci's books. So everything kind of looks in that style and he kind of stands out. Um, Spider punk comes from a world that looks entirely like a, a 70s British punk rock album cover. So he's got this outline all around him that like looks like it was all cut and pasted together and he moves just out of sync with everyone else because he doesn't go with what everyone else does so he's animated on every third frame and ever instead of every second so he's moving that's just awesome. out of sync that's very creative um and it's like they do a lot with stuff like that and then it's like you know as they go through it's like oh and here's like the amount of cameos from other stuff that's re like andy samberg plays um scarlet spider the ben riley spider-man um but he looks like he was pulled out of like a todd mcfarlane comic um and he kind of stands out because he's all like muscular and buffed out um the 8-bit doc ock from the atari game is in the movie like um there's like uh like uh donald glover shows up as his character from uh homecoming from spider-man homecoming in live action he's just in uh, Spider-Man 2099's like prison thing for displaced people because he just kind of shows up as Prowler from the MCU and he's credited as MCU Prowler and I'm like this is like they're doing everything they could do um, and they do it very well and my one complaint about the movie is I don't feel like I feel like the issue at hand is like the, the point is that there are these canon events that happen for every Spider-Man which is like they get bit by the spider. Uncle Ben dies. Uh, they get close with someone, a police captain. The police captain dies saving a child. Uh, they fall in love with Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stacy dies. Um, like these are, and then they get married to Mary Jane. These are all canon events for Spider-Man. And 2099 Spider-Man has convinced everyone we can't mess with this because if we do, um, the universe will fall apart if we mess with any of these events. Um, and I don't buy that that doesn't fall in line with Spider-Man's character. Maybe 2099, but I don't buy every other Spider-Man in the multiverse. It's like, yeah, let's go along with this. Like, you have spectacular Spider-Man from the from the TV show on Disney XD showing up and agreeing. You have the Spider-Man from the Insomniac game showing up and being like, well, this is probably right. Like, I, I don't, like, the entire thing for Spider-Man is not everyone has to, like, if we can change it, we will change it so people don't die. Um, yeah. I feel like that's the big mistake they make in that. And then, and the other movie that came out uh, did a better job, I think, with the ending of the movie. Uh, and, and the other issue is it's part one of two. So it ends not satisfyingly. Uh, yeah, that, those those part, those like planned two part movies like that, the yeah. one is never, it always is dissatisfying. There are a few times where it has worked. Like, I think it worked with Infinity War. Okay. Infinity War is concretely its own movie. What? I guess because it's such a dramatic ending where you. Yeah, because it, it ends with everyone dying, and it's like, okay, so now we're going into a sequel, and we know where that like that's that's gonna happen. Like, like Harry Potter, it didn't really work when they split Deathly Hallows into two parts. It didn't they work. Just, they just made it the most boring parts of the book. Into yeah. one. I think Dune it kind of worked. Dune like, worked the book so like the book so long, and there's that natural jump. 
Um, yeah, I think it works. I for me, I like it because I just love more, more and more Doom, so I'm fine with it. Right. Um, but I think that like like that's my big hesitation going into Mission Impossible is Dead yeah, Reckoning like, Part One. The, and it's weird because all the Mission Impossible movies already are like like they all like they flow one for, into another kind of like a little bit, yeah, like along the way. But, like, I'm okay with them doing part one, part two, as long as it kind of... Like, the worst offender of any of this was Fast X, which ends in the most ridiculous way possible. And I'm like, they have to be doing time travel. There's no other way to rectify this ending without time travel. Like, it's just so... That movie pissed me off when I walked out of the theater. Um, <laughs> but I was like, okay, so so everyone's dead except for, like, Charlize Theron and Michelle Rodriguez and, for some reason, Gal Gadot who died four movies ago, but is now not dead anymore. Like They, they love doing that. So they, they might just bring everyone back. Just, yeah. It's, it's just, oh, well, he didn't really, he didn't really die. Oh, oh fuck off. Anyway, uh, what's your number two? No, my number one. Yes, number one, yes. My number one is Evil Dead Rise. Right, I, yeah, that was... <laughs> it would be funny if I actually don't... <laughs> actually, <laughs> I should have said, what's your number one and why is it Evil Dead Rise? Yeah. Could I do... Could I make a TV show my honorable mention? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll make Barry, the final season of Barry, my honorable Everyone I know has told me to watch Barry, and I have it, yet it, to do that. Of new TV shows, I think it's one of the best. It, it's so good. It's one of the funniest shows I've seen, and also it's, it has one of the best like character arcs and character developments I've seen across seasons. Um, and, and it's it's the only other show I've seen besides BoJack Horseman that can switch from comedy to drama and not mm-hmm. feel like it's rubbing it in your face or like trying to be deep on purpose, like Rick and Morty trying yeah. to do. I think fails. Um, this it, it's like can be you'll be crying laughing and then it will just put you in a horrible depressed mood because it gets so deep like so it's um, over now though right like it ended yeah, with the last season clearly, it is definitely over it's clearly ended i really like the ending i have other friends that didn't like the ending because they thought it was too depressed too too depressing but i i liked it it, it gets very weird and abstract and then it wraps itself up very nicely yeah i've been meaning to watch it but now that it's over i might go in and do it because i i can't some things i like the episodic for some things I'm like, just wait for it all to end, and then I'll watch it all at once after. All half an hour episodes too. Oh, that's even better. Oh yeah, you can just crank it, crank it out pretty quick. I could start watching that instead of going through. I started going through the Simpsons because I realized that's kind of a cultural blind spot I have. Is I, I never say, watched I, it. I never really watched any of the Simpsons. Like I didn't know why the the bit the dog was named Santa's Little Helper until I watched the pilot last night, and I'm like, oh okay, now it makes sense. Like, was it? Oh, no, it was a racetrack dog, right? Yeah, it was a race, and that was, and they bet on it. Like, it's a sign. We need to win the money to 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 buy Christmas gifts. So let's bet all the money on Santa's little helper. It's a sign, and the dog comes in dead last. Mm. So yeah, it's um, it's yeah. So I did not see Evil Dead Rise. I did see the trailer, and I was like, I will not be seeing this in a theater. Yeah, this, this is, is too scary. Don't want. There's many many jump scares. Uh, some of them I don't like. I'm. I really don't like fake out jump scares. I, I can mm-hmm. usually see them coming a mile away. Mm-hmm. They're they, and they never are that good. But they're 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 the couple that got me. Um, it continued. It did a really good job of being an Evil Dead movie without just repeating the plot uh, of like the first one. Right. It, it was more, and it, it was also more like the 2013 remake. Where it was definitely a horror movie. It was not a horror comedy. 
what mm-hmm. he said to or uh uh the the army one I what that one was called the third whatever the third evil dead movie is mm-hmm. um it did some it tried to do some interesting stuff that i don't think worked very well but it was fun like the they do a lot of stuff where you're looking out of a peephole into the apartment hallway and mm-hmm. like watching things happen so you're 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 like you don't the camera doesn't move at all you're stuck just like the characters looking out so you mm-hmm. things are happening uh, around and then you just things like fly by back and forth that's that's a and the movie was reasonably low budget too i want to say it was like 20 million because it was it was meant to be an hbo max movie yeah, I'm happy I saw in the theaters. It was much more fun. Uh, it was way louder, so that that was fun. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of so the it was the apartment stuff was interesting. I, I at first I was like I don't think this is gonna be good. I actually went in with kind of low expectations because mm. I thought it was gonna be like just jumping from apartment to apartment and it would be like just almost random. Um, but they set it up very well. It's basically a condemned apartment building, and there's only like three people living in it still. Or three units are occupied. Right. My other issue with it, their apartment is actually pretty nice. It's like a five bedroom, huge, giant apartment. <laughs> and it's like twenty dollars a month. And it, yeah, and and it's there's it's a single mom and three kids, and uh, she's a tattoo artist and can afford it. And I was like, this is a pretty nice apartment. <laughs> well, tattoo artists, if they're working freelance, they probably make a lot of money. Yeah. And uh, and the what I was looking for the most, more than the plot, was a re- creative gore, and in this movie had very creative gore. So hmm. Which is fun, and it and it had gore that made me cringe, which is very rare. Is it mostly in the uh, in the apartment? Because that was a sense I got from the trailer. Like with the exception of the scene with the girl over the lake, I was like, this is mostly in this apartment. So that's the opening. So the the opening is extremely confusing, and actually, I didn't. So the I don't. That's the thing I didn't like. I it's so forgetful. It makes it confusing. So the movie opens at the lake, and it's like, and you're like, wait, is this supposed to be the same cabin or something? And it's setting up like an Evil Dead movie where someone's like sick and not looking good, where they're basically messed mm. by the deadites. Uh, and then there's like all this weird stuff is happening. Um, and then the, basically that shit happens where the someone gets possessed and starts killing people. Right. And then it cuts back and it's like 24 hours later. And it's completely different characters. And then the entire movie is not to do, to do with that at all. And then at the very, very end, it kind of connects back to that. But oh, okay. It's really, it's almost confusing for the sake of being confusing, I think. And almost it's, to be like... Does it tie back to the other movies in a meaningful way? Like, I know Ash isn't yeah, in the movie or anything like that. Not at all. But they also explain that. So they, they when they, they find their own Book of the Dead, that's mm-hmm. like an Right. Um, it comes with these recordings, like usual, per usual, for these movies. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this one is is the Vatican that found it, and it's these priests studying it and translating it. And they say that there's two other books. So that would be the first book from the original movies, and then the second book, which is from the 2013 movies. And oh, okay. This, and then this is the third book. So That's that foolish. All be in the same universe, but then have different things going on. And uh, they could always say there are more books. Yeah, yeah. It's just they, the Vatican only found three. Yeah, because and they, they this is the only one they actually found. They only know of right, so they could do more. And the recordings are from like the early 1900s. Uh, that part's cool too because one of the kids is like, and the the kids are very annoying, which is fun. Uh, <laughs> one, one kid wants to be a DJ, uh, and he's just playing electronic music all the time. Nice. The daughter is like supposed to be like a social justice warrior, so she's constantly making like uh, signs and like protest stuff. 
And then okay. the, daughter, the youngest daughter is just, she's like a four-year-old, so she's like, <laughs> like four-year-old. She doesn't have a personality, she's just a child. And then the, the other main character is not their mom, their mom gets possessed. Mm-hmm. It's the that's, aunt, right? That's the fucked up part, where it's the mom trying to fuck with the kids, like, the whole movie. And they mm-hmm. do, they really do fuck with the kids way more than I, I thought they were going to. I'm gonna check it out now that now that it's on HBO Max, but it's it is one of those things, and I think that they did the right thing by releasing it in theaters because I mean it, it it's now the most profitable movie for Warner Brothers this year. Yeah. Um, well, is... horror movies like this almost the only other movie like this I could think of is the 2013 Evil Dead. There's very few crazy gore movies like this anymore. Like uh, a lot That's of them, have, a lot of them uh, X X was pretty good, but it's still. It's like not to this level because the the point of Evil Dead and the the point of the Deadites and the, the demons is it's it's not just them killing people; it's them trying to to fuck with people to the, mm-hmm. the most extreme degree possible. So it's like a lot of body mutilation. The thing that made me cringe was someone gets grabbed and they take a cheese grater and slide cheese a cheese grater down someone's calf. Oh, that does not sound pleasant. Someone, so it strips their skin off that way. That doesn't sound. Pl- Maybe I'll skip this one then. There's there's also a crazy part with a tattoo gun, uh, where they she. Uh, I think that was in the trailer. They use a tattoo gun on the eye. They tr- so that she's trying to, uh, but she takes her own blood tattoo, and then she tattoos her own daughter's face with it. Hmm. Yeah, you're you're slowly starting to not sell me on this movie anymore. Um. Oh yeah, and then when you were talking about the John Wick thing with the glass cases, they do that so obviously. It's it's hilarious where. So for some reason, in the parking garage of this apartment building, there's an industrial-sized wood chipper. <laughs> oh, I mean, look. They show the very beginning of the movie, and it's like, oh, I wonder what's going Chekhov, to happen. Chekhov's wood chipper. Yeah. Like... But there, there is, like, there's, like, cool monster stuff that happens at the end, too. And, uh, and uh, the book, like, the book, it follows along with the book almost, like, would, uh, it's more pro- prophetic than the other movies are. Mm-hmm. Where the other movies, it's almost just kind of random shit that's happening. But this movie, they they kind of, they kind of can go through the book and try to see what's going to happen. Oh, okay. I'm gonna I I, I might check it out, but it'll it, it it's a lot less of a you know guarantee now. Um, my number one is a movie you probably haven't heard of because it came out two days ago, three days ago. It came out right before the it came out on Friday, so right before the the deadline for the end of the first half of the year. Uh, it came out on Netflix. It's called Nimona. It's another animated movie. Um, and it is, it's about this girl who is a demon. And she can transform into animals and people and all kinds of stuff. And she, she has to team up with this guy who was accused of killing the queen. Um, and it's just this story about this girl who was ostracized by everyone on the planet um, and got exiled because she was a shapeshifter um, and then goes on a rampage. It's a really heartfelt movie. Um, and I didn't, I went into it not knowing what to expect because the movie was previously in development. It was, it's based on a comic strip um, that was on online it was an online comic on like tumblr or something like that that ended up getting picked up to be a book by like dark horse or something like that um and then the um they were making the movie at blue sky and then disney canceled it when the acquisition of fox went through uh it ended up getting finished at annapurna and i was like all right how good how good could this be and i'm like 
this is like the aesthetic of the world is really unique because it's like modern but it's high fantasy like there's so, there's some like it, like there are skyscrapers and there's a subway system and there's like all things that look kind of modern and like there's a key plot point where it's like they have a video that they recorded and they have to put it online so people can see what the queen's up to like that's a plot point in it but it's 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 high fantasy where there's magic and shape-shifting people and this guy with a, like it, it's knights with swords and stuff like that and i really love the aesthetic of the world um and then like it's just the when they go through the story of what happened to Nimona that got her to this point it's just so heartbreaking because it's like she she's a shape-shifting like demon that like but she doesn't want to kill anyone she's just kind of like a demonic entity and she like she tries to blend in like she tries to blend in with deer it doesn't work she tries to blend in with um with birds it doesn't work she tries all these animals and then she eventually stumbles on a little girl and then turns human and becomes friends with this girl then the adults find out what she is they see her shape-shifting and they cast her out so she's just on her own um and then she finally finds the family again and when he finds out what she is he kicks her out too and then she goes on the rampage and she's like fuck it i got nothing else anymore um but a lot of the art's really nice and, and i think that the you know uh chloe grace moretz voices nimona and she brings this like chaotic energy to the character that's just so fun from like the minute she's on screen it's like this is fantastic everything mm -hmm. this I, I can see people thinking she's annoying um uh, but it's really funny the entire time through um i haven't heard of that i'll have to i probably will watch it though if you yeah it's, it's, it's an animated movie it's like an hour and a half too it's not like a full like you know like spider-verse was two and a half hours this is an hour and a half in and out quick uh, and Riza Med is the guy that she's with, and he's like the straight man to all of her ridiculous antics. Um, and he's really good. He's a great actor, too. He's someone else who gets uh, not as much attention as he deserves. Um, yeah, he's pretty much good in everything he does. I yeah. Well, 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 he was great. He got nominated for The Sound of Metal, I think, right? That was it, yeah. That, that just came out like last year, two years ago, right? Two or three years ago, yeah. Um. But uh, but yeah. Um, do you have any uh movies looking forward to in the back half of the year, excluding Dune, because we know that's a foregone conclusion at this point. Well, I guess my other I'm trying to see what if I have it. The other um, actually, that Liam Neeson has a new movie out that I think looks interesting. Which which movie is this? Because he had the driving. He, the driving. He, had, he had two shitty ones. It's the one year. where. He's dry. Well, it's also kind of dumb because he has two kids that are like eight years old. And yeah, I don't buy that. Because that's taken as good because he has an age appropriate daughter. Mm -hmm. uh, but this one, he's driving his kids, and then someone calls him, and they're, it's basically speed. Where oh, okay. There's a bomb in the car, and if he gets out, the car will explode. So mm -hmm. it's him driving around trying to figure out how to uh, stop the bomb. All right, that, that could be. He had two movies already this year that were not good. He had a movie like Memory or something like that that was pretty bad, and then he was also in the Marlowe reboot. Like yeah, that wasn't good either. Many, many, many shitty movies. Yeah, he's not. He he's got yeah he's got not. A, um, I think that like the biggest non Dune movie, like not big franchise movie. I think, um, Last Voyage of Demeter. Oh yeah, I'm definitely gonna see that. That one I'm gonna see. Um, I, I just read um, Dracula last year, so yeah, that I was gonna listen to it. They have it for free on Audible with a full cast. The the only thing that made me hesitant was that they 
in the trailer they played that song the world is a vampire oh that and, made you almost not see the movie I was like, maybe i'm not gonna see this movie yeah, anyway, that... they kind of showed dracula and he looks kind of like a monster yes he like, looks very much not humanoid it looks kind of like so I, hopefully because he is like i don't know i hope they just don't make him like a rampaging like monster and he has some sort of like thought process I don't think I think it's gonna be closer to like in in in, and this is gonna sound like I'm shitting on the movie, but like in Morbius they do something very similar, um, where he's they he goes out off of Long Island on this freighter to do his experiment with the bats, uh-huh. um, and all of that, and then he's on the boat he gets infected and he becomes a vampire, and then the boat washes up on shore and everyone's dead, but he's just the monster and he's not thinking the entire time he's just. It's just the primal, whatever the the vampire is doing, whatever it's gonna do. I feel like that's what this is gonna be. I don't see Dracula talking or doing anything like, especially the way he's portrayed, like where he's got like he's got wings coming out of his his arms. Like that's the thing. It's like if if you're not gonna hide that, then you don't need to talk. So, you can't talk someone down if you have that on display. Yeah, the real Dracula had hairy palms. Hmm. That's in the book. It's. It's because he masturbated too much. Okay. <laughs> that if you masturbated too much, you would get hairy palms. You'd think it'd be the opposite because it'd be like friction or something. Like, but yeah, um, in, the, in the book for the boat voyage, they because none of the, in the book Dracula is it's like a found footage book. It's it's all told. yes. I, I I got that when I saw the uh, what's it called. I looked at the, uh, the the there's a full cast recording because every chapter is a different person telling the story. Yeah, so the book, what happens with the book is that they find a ghost ship and they bring it in mm-hmm. and, and the captain is tied himself to the steering wheel and he's dead and drained of blood and he's holding a Bible and he left behind like a note or something and then everyone else is dead too or missing. Yeah. So then you you obviously know Dracula killed everyone, but you don't know like what actually happened. So the, the movie does have free reign to do whatever they want. Right, within reason. Everyone, everyone has to die. That's like the only yeah. thing. Uh, excuse yeah i'm i'm that one i'm looking forward to a little bit theater camp looks pretty interesting oh yeah theater camp looked really funny uh, especially uh, i did theater tech all of high school um so you feel like you relate to this movie seeing that, that that's exactly how theater kids all act so yeah. it looks hilarious it's like the the thing at the very end with the guy who was on that show with uh with topher grace on abc is like whoever stole my cbd gummies please give them back I think I know who did it though, because the kid just knocked out on the table. Like, oh yeah, that, kid, that guy's also in uh, American Vandal. Uh, oh okay. Uh, which that's really funny too. Yeah, I'm not a huge Ben Platt fan, but you know, but that was the one thing that made me not see the movie when I saw he was in, and I was like, maybe I'll skip this, but you know, that that could be good. Um, oh, I am that, gonna see Rebel Moon. <laughs> I'll probably see it, uh, but it, it's nice. We'll be on streaming. It's Netflix, yeah. It's it's gonna be it's part one of two. Um, because Zack Snyder is physically incapable of delivering a movie under four hours, um, and uh, the what was I mean, Craven's gonna suck. I'm just gonna say it right now. I have zero I, confidence in Craven. It looks bad. Yeah, it it it. The, Sony has to stop. Like someone needs to. St- and the best part about it is the trailer always opens with, and the movie always opens with, in association with Marvel. It's the old Marvel logo that they used to use before Marvel Studios. And it's like, they basically just say, Marvel couldn't stop us from doing this. And it's basically the exact same thing. Um, 
that's going to be bad. I think that Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, if it's not a multi-part movie, is not going to be good. I think mm-hmm. it's too much for one movie. Um, I think the Marvels is going to be okay. Dune's going to be, I think, the biggest, the best movie of the end of the year. Like the oh. best big budget movie. Because I don't think Aquaman's going to be good. I don't have confidence in Ghostbusters. I didn't um, know Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. There hasn't been a trailer yet, but it comes out in December. The, um, what was I going to say? The, uh, the guy that made The Witch and, like, uh, The Northman has a new movie, too. Nosferatu. Oh, does he? Yeah, he's making a Nosferatu movie. Oh, that could be good. Is that coming out this year? I don't know. I, I thought it was. I had to look it up. But it, it's, I, I, I like everything he does, so it will probably be good. And uh, Yorgos Lathrimos has a new movie coming out, too, uh, with Emma Stone and, um, and uh, Willem Dafoe. The guy who did the lobster and um, oh, the favorite. Yeah. He'll that will be good. I, yeah, I that the aesthetic of that one looked really cool. It looked kind of steampunky, and and I'm I'm down for that. Um, and uh, do you I have any disappointments from the first half of the year before we wrap up? Um, not really, but I kind of do. I don't know. I feel like I don't see things I don't think I'll like. See that time. that's that's the thing is that you like me. I have this list here. I keep a running list of everything that I see. Because um, yeah, I'm I'm up to fifty movies in the first half of the year. Because um, like there, this year has probably been one of the biggest. Like, there's a lot of really bad movies in the back half of it because they looked good and then they they ended up being bad. But like the Flash is definitely the biggest disappointment of the year because I had low expectations going in and the movie couldn't even hit that. Like I went into it not like being like kind of open minded like oh it could be good but then by the time I like I there's no point in the movie where it even tricks you into thinking like this could be passable like that or Shazam because like Shazam two was just like not great and it's just yeah I I don't know I I, I that's why I don't think Aquaman's coming out this year I think they're I think they're gonna dump it and call it a day. Maybe they're hoping that the Amber Heard stuff will just blow over by then too. Well, I don't think that's the issue because it's like I don't like I don't think that the Flash problem was Ezra Miller. It like, was just a movie. Well, I think the big it was, they didn't make a flat like not everything has to be a multiverse movie now. Well, like that's the thing is that it's like the, in fairness to their poor decision making, the poor decision making was before this trend started because they were doing a Flashpoint movie. Out of the gate, like they were, they like when they announced this back. Remember in 2016 or 2015 when Legends of Tomorrow premiered, uh, uh-huh. they had that special with Kevin Smith on CW right beforehand, where they went through the entire DC slate that they were gonna do. Mm-hmm. At that point, they announced that it was gonna be a Flashpoint movie. Okay. So they were doing. They the plan was to do this in the beginning, but at the time, people thought it was gonna be Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and uh, as as Thomas Wayne. Um, then they evolved into where it is now and i don't think we can blame the success of no way home on that yeah. like this well, was i think um no way home does the multiverse stuff just way much much better too. right because it's like they're, they're in the movie so little andrew garfield and 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 toby mcguire but they have a huge impact like it's so like keaton i don't think is the draw they thought he was gonna be yeah it was really weird like, Especially the let's get nuts thing in the trailer. It was so forced. Yeah. To- and it's in the movie, too. It's so bad. Especially it's like, that part, he, he's not Batman. When he says that, yes. he's 
<laughs> and it's like there, there's a great moment in the tr- in the movie that could have been like a great moment for like uh comedic effect where he's he's like yeah gotham doesn't have crime anymore and then it's like they could have panned over to gotham and it just be a crater and it's like that would have been a great like comedic beat but no um and it's like the the third act is this fight with like they they can't beat zod yeah and it's like why do we need zod again like you're not even doing Flashpoint, right? Why are we even bothering with this? Because it's like, I don't think any of this is a big enough draw for the general audience. Like, when we talk about general audiences now, it skews younger than it ever did. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the problem that they don't quite get. Like, Dominion worked. Jurassic World Dominion worked more than Flash did. That's sad, because that, that movie is so bad. And it's like, but like... And the problem is, like, because they're all in the movie from the beginning, even the older cast members, you know no one's going to die because they're not going to kill anyone until everyone interacts. So it's like there's no stakes to any of it. But, like, who, like, that movie handled it better. And that movie got, that movie made a billion dollars. Like, mm-hmm. more, like, and I think the reason is Keaton isn't the draw that they thought he was. That's the big, like, if they used Bale, the movie would have made more money. Yeah um oh, yeah because that's like i feel like for that generation that's, yeah because well, think of it like this if you if your batman that you saw when you were a kid in a theater was michael keaton and you saw batman in in 1989 let's say you're five years old when that movie comes out you were born in 84 which means you're almost 40 years old mm-hmm. that age group has not started going back to the theater the way they did pre-covid and the only movie they did was Top Gun Maverick, which was above and beyond what anyone it had any right to be in terms of quality. Or like, Avatar. Well, Avatar, I think, had more younger people going to see it Wait, too. That, Avatar 2 came out this year, right? Came out late last year. Oh, okay, never mind. It was the December slot. I would also I would have put that in the top five. It's not terrible. Like, I, I like it, but it was a nice it was a huge just like event movie that yeah thing and I, I can appreciate that and it's like that's the thing too is that i think that that's the other big issue that we have with hollywood right now is that everything's a big event movie because scorsese was right where it's going to the movies is an amusement park experience yes yeah. so and all these about, like, just huge special effects things than the, the story and they're not putting the effects good they're not good effects either like if, if i think if the flash looked better it may have done better but it just doesn't look good either. Like the scene where Keaton's fighting. It's supposed to look bad. That pissed me off so much. Cause I was like, and the thing is, I think I told you when the trailer dropped initially, I think it was at the Super Bowl when they dropped the first trailer. And I texted you and I was like, why is the flash being held at gunpoint in the flash movie? Yeah. What is and I was like, there's a fundamental misunderstanding of this character. If he's at gunpoint and there's a chance he could die by a gun. <laughs> Like, this is a man who could run faster than Superman. Because, like, that's the thing. It's, like, the, like one of my favorite things is, like, Superman and, and the Flash are running. It's one of my favorite things in the comics. And Barry's going to do something that Superman doesn't want to. And, and Superman's like, look, I'm, I'm going to stop you. I'm You know, we've raced before, and I've won a few times. Like, you're not significantly faster than me. And Barry just looks at him and goes, those were for charity. And he just fucking leaves him in the dust. Like, it, it's... 
like this character should never be held at gunpoint and and be like this it like this is a legitimate risk to his safety yeah like and then like the entire thing with that they can't kill zod it's like why why can't you like you have two speedsters and supergirl you guys can't figure out between the three of you how to kill Zod. Like, at one point, he does the vibrating hand thing through the chest that they do on the TV show all the time because it's a cheap effect. Like, mm-hmm. and they do that and kill a Kryptonian, and I'm like, great, movie over. We've solved the problem. Let's just move on. But no, that didn't, like, it's it's just so stupid. Zod can counter vibrate. And the thing is, too, it's like, they all the cameos are so weird. Like... It it like all like for whatever reason them messing up the timeline is causing the entire multiverse to break for some reason. So like everyone starts colliding into each other, and then like in the middle of this for no reason they show like a solid two minutes of the third act of Superman Lives, like oh. which never came out. And it's like it'd be like if in Deadpool three and there's a chance that this does happen, they just start randomly showing Channing Tatum as Gambit for no reason. That'd be, I think that'd fit Deadpool better. Than yeah, because it'd be comedic. And I think at this point, because the Flash just happened, they'd be making fun of that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that scene's only in the movie because of what happened with, with Captain Marvel, where Captain Marvel had the, the cameo from Stan Lee where he's sitting on the train reading the script for Mallrats. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Kevin Smith went nuts for like a month about that and i was like i can guarantee someone saw that and was like let's see if we can put nick cage doing the third act of his movie in this and we'll get the good press off of that yeah and then he'll film a close-up video of him crying yeah (laughs) he didn't film the close-up video of him crying to this which might be because he's not smoking weed anymore so he doesn't cry i think it's i think it's that i think it's you know and the thing is too it's like it's just so stupid and it's like george reeves shouldn't be there at all because like he killed himself because he wasn't getting roles anymore because he was playing superman or and it's was... like or he was murdered right but the, the story on the record if we're gonna go based on that is that he killed himself because he wasn't getting roles uh because he was superman and it's like why is he there like if you're gonna do this where's linda carter yeah i just i just they they should make a rule where they stop putting dead people into movies. I don't have a problem with dead people in movies as long as like there's at some point in there they're like we had permission from the dead people's estate to okay, do that, it. I guess that could work too. Like put that in the credit somewhere where it's like we had permission from the estate of so and so to use their likeness in this movie, and like they but the thing is they didn't have that because Christopher Reeve was always against that. Yeah, Christopher Reeve after playing Superman came back once for a dc related thing and it was smallville he played oh. a he played a teacher on smallville mm-hmm. and that was it he because ne- he didn't want to be like this is the only thing i'm known for yeah so i mean if he's related to george reeves apparently i found that out after the fact um uh, yeah i didn't think they were i thought it was a coincidence it could be but someone told me they were related but i'm like I, he's also notoriously wrong about everything um mm-hmm. i didn't think to look any deeper into it but uh, yeah, I think the Flash is definitely the biggest disappointment because, like, I think that had the potential to be the best. Yeah, especially because it's finally it's like this character everyone knows, and they had a chance to make an interesting movie, and then they See, ruined. And like that's the thing, it's like I, I watched the show for nine years, and it's like okay, they're gonna do this, but with a two hundred million dollar for two hour budget instead of a fifty million dollar for twenty three hour budget. Like this could be a lot better, and then it was just like I've I've seen everything they did in this movie. I saw already. Yeah. And it looked better on the CW. Like, 
how did you manage that? That that is, and Andy Muschietti is directing the Brave and the Bold now, and I'm that's that's a decision that I don't understand. Like he's coming off of two 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 failures in a row because it chapter two wasn't good. No, yeah, that that was bad. And then he went from that to the Flash. The Flash isn't good, and you're giving him Batman now, like. It's an odd decision. Part two are completely different Batman. It's uh, Brave and the Bold. It's the the gun Batman movie. Uh, Where allegedly Jensen Ackles is in the running to play Batman in that. The guy from Supernatural. Oh, okay. He voiced Red Hood in the cartoons, too. Um, I guess I would just be indifferent towards that. that, Yeah, uh, I don't have any care one way or the other. I never. I I tried to watch Supernatural, and then Brittany was the one who told me you should watch Supernatural. And then I watched the first episode, and I was like, "This isn't good." And she's like, "Well, you got to watch like three seasons, and then it gets good." And I'm like, "Pass. I'm not doing that." It's like when I didn't I tell you watch Agents of Shield, and it's like, "Well, you got to get through the first seventeen episodes, and then it gets good." And it's like, I had someone try to tell me to watch Bleach, and it's like it's a hundred episodes before it gets good, and I'm like, "Fuck all the way off." My little brother watched that, and he he said it wasn't worth it. The amount of like, time. For it to get the amount of stuff you have to sit through for it to get good, I'm like, no. If, if it's not good out of the gate, I'm not going to sit here and subject myself to the entire thing. Just tell me when to start, and I'll start from there. That, that's, that's the reason why I, The Wire, I think, is a very good show, but I don't think you can say it's the best show because it has an entire bad season. Like, the, the second yes. season of The Wire is not that good. Yeah. And it's like, it, yeah, that's true. Breaking Bad does not have that. Yeah, Breaking, uh, yeah, Breaking Bad, The Sopranos. I still have to watch Sopranos. I still haven't watched that. That's worth it, especially if you're from the New York, New Jersey area. There's so many little references that you'll get. Like, yeah, I, I've been meaning to. There's, there's so many like that. People keep telling me to watch Succession. Like Succession, I yeah, I haven't watched. I just didn't, I wasn't interested in it. Yeah, I've heard good things, but it, you know, I'll, I'll eventually get around to it. I haven't I haven't sat down and watched an HBO show in a long like a long time. I, I I've been meaning to watch like Game of Thrones. I still haven't watched it either. Yeah, Game of Thrones. Is- Pretty good. House of the Dragon is really good. Dude, by the time I started to get interested in Game of Thrones, it got to the point where it was in season eight. And <laughs> then I was like, I know this turns bad, so I don't want to sit into this now. Like, Yeah, it does get very bad. Um, oh, Rogers Gemstones is really good. I've heard I've heard that's good, too. Um, I just started this third season. How excited are you for the next season of Wheel of Time? I'm definitely going to watch it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's all you need to hear. The, like, I will not watch the Rings of Power, but I will watch the Wheels of Time. Uh, I watch. I still haven't gone back to finish Rings of Power yet. Most people haven't. I, I think it has like a a huge drop off rate. Finishing rate. It, it had a drop off rate that if it was on Hulu or on HBO Max, it would have been pulled for a tax write off. Yeah. But then, they, but then Amazon was like, actually, this is like the great, the most popular streaming show of all time or something. Well, I think that what they might be going based on, I, the issue is they don't release these numbers publicly, so there's no way to go. But it, like, if it starts higher than any show ever and then it falls off, even if it falls off the most, it could still be. But how would they know it's the biggest streaming show of all time? Yeah, like, I do like they think maybe they said the premiere, which I, maybe is true. That, uh, right, but if it falls off from there and it falls off, even if it falls off bigger than any other show, if, it, if the initial base is bigger, then it might still be. But mm-hmm. without concrete numbers for what that means, we don't know what... And, and, and from a standpoint of, like, stocks, 
how does that make sense that that's not information that's publicly available? Because these are all publicly traded companies. Yeah. And like the key you, information. So that how, and they don't know what Netflix's numbers are. Yeah, and like Netflix has ads now. How are they selling advertising? Yeah. Um, if I'm an advertiser, I wouldn't do that if I don't know how many people are going to view my ads like and on each show. Like, how would I be able to buy the ad space without having that information publicly reported? And this is all uh what's that come uh nielsen's fault oh because of how they set up ratings well because nielsen because nielsen became the industry standard we we have nielsen instead of having a thing in every box that just reports independently so yeah they do do like data extrapolation right so it's like there's no reason why like it's not just going to a central thing and it's all going to everyone like it, it it should just be a publicly reported thing I think we lost them. There we go. Um, it seems to be a publicly reported number at the end of the day. Um, I don't know if you can hear me or not. Okay, I can't hear him. <laughs> um, I think he's in my, it's not saying he's muted, that's weird. Um, no, I can't hear you. Um, <laughs> I can see that he's talking, but I can't hear him talk. Um, but I think this is a good place to, that, that, this is a sign to wrap up. Plus I do have to cook dinner. Now I can hear you. Um, okay. for some reason, my web, the webcam. I think we lost him again. There we go. Um, you have one of those webcams that has the microphone built into it, right? It's all it's all it's all messing up now. Um, but we'll wrap up there. We're gonna be back next month when we do the the anniversary episode where we're gonna talk about our top movies of all time. And Josie will be on for that as well. Um, if she uh isn't abruptly working again. Um but we'll be back with that and until uh our next episode, which I think this week is Joyride is the next episode, the new movie with Stephanie Sue. Um on Wednesday. Until then, have a great rest of your week.